Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the proof upon Mount Horeb as we pick up in Exodus chapter 3, verse 12. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Certainly I will be with you. And this will be the token unto you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people of Egypt, you will serve God upon this mountain. Now, he was at Mount Horeb. And when you bring them out of the land, you're going to worship me right here on this mountain. This will be the proof. It was here at Mount Horeb that he received the commandments. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am come to the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they'll say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thou shalt say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever and ever. This is my memorial unto all generations. Now, Moses said, Who shall I say sent me? God said to Moses, I am that I am. Now, this really is to Moses. God is declaring to Moses that relationship. I am. I am what? I am whatever you're going to need. The name of God, a verb, to be. I am. Because God always wants to be to you whatever your particular need might be. I am your peace. I am your strength, I am your help, I am your guide, I am your righteousness, I am your salvation, I am your hope. Whatever you might be, God will become to you whatever is the need in your life. How beautiful that is. The becoming one. His name, Yahweh, the becoming one, as God becomes to you whatever your need might be. Now to the children of Israel, God said, moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel. Now they're going to say, who sent me? To the children of Israel, you say, the Lord God of your fathers. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. So this is by which God identified himself to the nation, the God of your fathers, or the Jehovah God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, that Jehovah God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. 
And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, and the Hivites and Jebusites into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to your voice, and you shall come, and thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and you shall say unto him, Jehovah God of the Hebrews hath met with us, now let us go, we beseech thee, three days' journey in the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to Jehovah our God. So to the Hebrews, he was Jehovah God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. To Pharaoh, he was to be Jehovah, God of the Hebrews. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go out empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver, jewels of gold, raiment, and ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and you shall spoil the Egyptians. So God's saying, uh, teaching them how to rip off the Egyptians. But in reality, what they were taking was really the wages that were due to them through the several years of slavery and servitude in which they were not paid. And so it was just really collecting back wages for all of the years that they had been slaves to the Egyptians. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they'll not believe me. Now, he's not convinced. They're going to say, who sent you? And, All right, God says, tell them, you know, Jehovah God, God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. But Moses objects. They'll not believe me nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, oh, Jehovah didn't appear to you. And the Lord said, what have you got in your hand? And he said, a rod, a walking stick. God said, throw it on the ground. And he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from before it. <laughs> Lord said to Moses, grab it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod again in his hand. God said that they may believe that the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. The Lord said, furthermore unto him, put now your hand into your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, put your hand into your bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again. And he plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was white again like the other, it had turned again, rather, like the other flesh. And so it, came to it come, shall come to pass, the Lord said, if they will not believe thee, nor hearken to the voice of the first sign, they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass that they will not believe these two signs, neither hearken unto your voice, that you shall take of the water of the river and pour it on the dry land, and the water which you take of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. So you want signs? All right. You think they won't believe you? You know, 
When you get there and they say, oh, the Lord has a fear, you just throw your stick down. When it becomes a snake and starts chasing, they'll believe. <laughs> and if they don't believe that, just put your hand in your side and pull it out, and it'll be leprous. And they'll all start to flee from you and all, you know, and then just put it back in and pull it out again, and it'll be whole. So armed with these signs, Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since. You have spoken unto your servant. I'm slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Lord, I can't speak. I did, you know. The Lord said unto him, and this to me is very interesting, very interesting. God said, who made man's mouth? Or who makes, wait a minute, who makes the dumb or deaf or the seeing, or the blind. Have not I the Lord? You mean God made blind people? And God made deaf and dumb people? That's what God is saying. He's taking the responsibility for it. Now, to me, that's quite a responsibility to take because immediately it puts my heart at odds with God because I don't understand why. Why would God allow a child to be born blind or create a blind child, as he declares here? Why would God create a deaf and dumb child? You see, immediately, my whole concept of God is challenged. And yet God has declared that in certain cases, he has created certain physical infirmities. And notice, he doesn't even offer us an explanation why. He just declares the fact. This becomes one of the greatest challenges of my faith. But if I can overcome this hurdle, I will have a greater faith in God, in fact, an unshakable faith in God that nothing will be able to shake. If I only believe what I can understand, that doesn't take faith. That only takes intellect. Believing what I can't understand is that step of faith which honors God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if I can believe that God has created a blind child and yet believe that God is love and that God is just because the scripture declares to me that God is just and God is love, I am now believing something that I can't understand. How can a loving God create a blind child? I don't know, but I know he did. He said he did. 
and I believe his word, and I believe in him. And though I may not understand it or be able to put it together in my mind, yet I believe that God is a God of love. I believe that he is a fair God. And even though he has done things which I cannot understand, it doesn't shake my faith in his love because I can't reason it out or understand it. Actually, I am now coming to a deeper relationship of faith in God. And God has used that blind child not to destroy my faith, but to deepen my faith in God and to take my belief in God from just sheer intellect to a heart faith, which is so important. Now, I do believe that if God has created a blind child or a deaf child or a child that has cystic fibrosis or multiple cirrhosis or any of these things, that there is a purpose of God in allowing that child to be that way. Though I may not be able to understand the purpose, my intellect fails at this point and I stumble intellectually, then when I am stumbling intellectually is when I've got to grab for something else and I grab for faith. God, I believe. God, I trust you, though I don't understand you. And my faith is really deeper now than it ever was. I do believe that if God does create a child that way, that he had a definite reason and purpose for creating the child that way, whether I ever know the purpose or not. I can guess, I can surmise, I can offer conjecture of why it may be. Maybe to let us know that this isn't a perfect world maybe to, to just sort of jar us from complacency. I can remember back in the Depression years about the most favorite chorus they used to sing in church went, I'll be so glad when day is done. I'll be so glad when Jesus comes. There will be no sorrow in God's tomorrow. I'll be so glad when Jesus comes. Back in the Depression years, they were really looking for the Lord. During the war years, popular chorus. After the war, the, the post-war prosperity and all, the chorus died. Didn't sing it anymore. Lord, just wait around. I'm going to get this new home and this new car, and I need a swimming pool. Just wait, Lord. I'll be so glad if you'll just wait a little while now. And, you know, things are going pretty good, Lord. You know, got a secure job and all of this. And, and you know, now that... Again, there are very real threats on the horizon. Life isn't going to be so comfortable anymore. Of course, I, I predict a revival for it. Oh, but God, aren't you a God of love? Yes, but the church was getting soft. The church was becoming complacent. The church was settling in her lees. And God had to pour us into another vessel to make us realize that this earth, this world is not our home, 
that we're just passing through, that it isn't God's intent that we get all deeply involved in the possession of material things, but that our hearts be on the things of the Spirit and His eternal kingdom. And so He starts showing us how quickly and how easily the material things can be taken away. And all of a sudden, I'm looking for deeper roots. I'm beginning to long for his eternal kingdom. And as I look at sickness, as I look at physical impairments, in my heart I say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hasten the day when the blind will see the glory of God, when the lame will leap for joy, when the dumb will be singing praises unto thee. O Lord, hasten thy day. God declared, I have made them. I don't understand it. I can't explain it to you but it does not at all alter my faith in God nor my belief in that he is a God of love and that he is fair. Though I cannot in my mind explain to you how, though I cannot give you a rationale because it hasn't really been reduced to my intellect and thank God it hasn't. I must just believe his eternal word and trust in him. And thus my faith in God is greater. Now therefore God said, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. And he said, O my Lord, send I pray thee by the hand of him whom you will send. Literally, he said, oh, Lord, please send someone else. After all of this, Lord, they're going to say, who sent you? What shall I tell them? The Lord says, oh, just say, you know, Jehovah God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Lord, they're not going to believe me. Well, what do you got in your hand? A rod? Well, use that. But Lord, I can't speak. I'm not eloquent and all. All right, I'll be with your mouth. I'll, I'll give you the words to say. Lord, would you mind sending someone else? <laughs> Man, talk about a guy that's mellowed out. <laughs> and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. Also, behold, he's coming forth to meet you, and when he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what ye shall do. All right, that's the way you want it. We'll let Aaron go with you. Let him be your mouthpiece. But that wasn't God's, you might say, direct will. It was permissive. You're going to argue and... and you see, Aaron became a, a real stumbling block along the line. It wasn't the best. 
God will lift you to the highest level that you will allow him to lift you. And then he'll do the best for you on that level. But so many times with Moses, we are limiting God to the level by which we will allow him to lift us. He could have been lifted to one higher level. God would have been with him and helped him. He didn't need Aaron. He didn't need Aaron to get in the way later on. But you want it? All right, you can have it. But you're a step below God's best for your life. And it's possible for you to live one, two, three rungs down the ladder when God would have you over the top and totally victorious. Your unwillingness to allow God to lift you to the highest level, limiting the work of God, restricting the work of God within your life. God is still so loving and gracious. He'll lift you to the highest level you will allow Him, and then He'll do the very best for you on that level. But unfortunately, we seem to always be restricting that work of God in us. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Exodus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Exodus 3-4 through when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and watch over you as you go forth in the name of Jesus to bear witness of God's love and God's truth to an indifferent world. May the love of Christ so flow forth from your life that people in your neighborhood, around your work, will just be touched by God's love, as you become his instrument, bearing his truth and his love to them. As the Lord guides you step by step in the fulfilling of his purpose, that which he wants you to accomplish for his glory. So God be with you and keep you in the love of Jesus Christ. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. What does the future hold? Is the end of time really near? When will the church be raptured? What is the rapture? Will we see the Antichrist? What about the Great Tribulation? Join Pastor Chuck Smith as he answers these and many more questions about the end times in his exciting book, Final Act. 
Now available in hardcover, Pastor Chuck gives great insight into man's final days here on earth. Joe Rosenberg calls Final Act a powerful, provocative end times primer. Tim LaHaye states this unique and dramatic treatment is both true to scripture and practical. Read about this exciting drama and get answers to your questions on world wars, the Antichrist, the Great Tribulation, the Second Coming, and more. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll-free at 1-800-272-WORD. That's 1-800-272-9673.